All right, everyone. Uh, welcome to the Dean West Perspective. It's just me today, hanging out, and uh, I'm, I'm supporting my Charlie sticker that she gave me. It says "Create Future Hope." Um, I was having my coffee this morning, and I, I started thinking. I have, I have a few friends that have been reaching out to me about relationship stuff, and you know, hey, Dean, uh, you and Michelle seem to have such a happy relationship. What, what did you do? to find someone that, that fit you so well. And, and Michelle's birthday is actually today. So happy birthday, babe. And her and I were talking the other night about, you know, this idea that I always speak about, which is this reincarnation of ourselves and this ever, ever evolving, um, consciousness that we have this, this ever evolving self that we tend to find in, in a new version of us, right? You're always kind of like the onion peeling back these layers to, to find a new version of you that, that suits life better or, or that handles what life has given or what you have rolled out with life. You know, at, at some point, I, I hope that everyone reaches a place in their lives that they realize this life is happening for them and not to them. And they're able to consciously create this world as a co-creator together and, and, and manifest some of the dreams that, that they want to happen. They see their future being, but Michelle and I were talking and it's like, you know, we, we're not the same people we were when we met. And, and one of the things that I would always say with people that ask us, Hey, you know, what's the secret of, of being so happy together and all that. It was always to me, I wanted to give her room to evolve. I knew who I married wasn't going to be the person that I spent forever with. And, and her, her thoughts were the same, you know, we're, we're not those people. Um, if you think you're the same person you were in your thirties that you were in your twenties or in your twenties that you were in your teens or your forties as your thirties, you are not, um, not only mentally, spiritually, but physically your, your cells and everything changes. So we're constantly literally evolving. And the one thing that I always think about when it comes to relationships is that we're not, well, some of us tend to look for someone that makes us happier. And that's, that's kind of a backwards approach. Because if we're looking for someone to make us happy, then we're unhappy. And we're just bringing someone else into the fray. So no matter what relationship you get into, you are still bringing yourself to it. We are that common denominator in, in every aspect of the new relationship. So what can we do to help ourselves, you know, become, become the person we would like to find? Make a list of, of what you would want in a person. Check that list against yourself. Are you the person you would want to be in a relationship? Um, are you selfish? Are you giving? Do you have a lot of bad habits that, that you would love to change if you could? Do you have a perspective on life that, that allows you to smile often? Do you have a perspective on life that keeps you in a bit of a frowny muggy face pretty often? Um, I, I'm, 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 I don't want to, I don't want to say that, you know, I wake up every day in a happy mood and, and every day I'm in a great mood. No, I have days just like everyone else. And, you know, there are days that Michelle and I both 
have to support each other and go, hey, look, I've got about 20% right now. (laughs) I'm about 20% in. Can you cover the other percentage? I'm not good at math. 80%. Yeah, that's it. Can you cover the other 80% for me? Sure. Or if she says, look, honestly, I'm, I'm about 50. So no. Okay. All right. Well, then I need to muster up that other 30 so that I can make up. You hear that? That's mathematics. I need to muster up that other portion so that, that I can be there for our kid or for you. Um, you know, we, we split a lot of chores in the house because if you think you're going to always do stuff that you love and not have moments of having to do things that you're just not a big fan of, that my friend is living in the fairy tale. There are going to be things you have to do. And on the podcast the other day, I was speaking with my friend, Rob, Robert Villetta, and he was talking about like, you know, we were saying, I'm I'm not always a big fan of, of the word grinding. Um, because, you know, that was a big thing for a while. Everyone like, you got to grind, you got to, you got to, it's going to be painful. And while, of course, I don't want to, to word it that way, there's a bit of grind. There, there is a bit of painful, right? There is going to be times that you have to push yourself through the other side. We brought Charlie to a, a dance studio the other day. And, and at first, you know, they were all doing tap so it's a bunch of three-year-olds and under tapping on the ground in a in a circled room with mirrors and and wooden floors if you've ever been into a dance studio you know how loud that can be and if you've ever met charlie i can't put the blender on without giving her pre-warning because she's she'll cover her ears dad stop that's too loud (laughs) so i give her pre-warnings before i start and she just kind of covers her ears and once it goes sometimes she's fine with it but you know the dramatics um that come from a mixture between her and my, and myself, my, her mother and myself. But, you know, she watched them do the tap dance for a while. And then she decided, okay, I want to go in there, mom, I'm ready. Because we also thought they were switching from the tap shoes to her, their ballet shoes. So they were going to do something else and it wouldn't be so loud, especially on the initial introduction to this dance class. Cause she's been dancing around the house forever. She loves dancing and we always dance together. Well, she got in the room and I was watching the teacher held her hand. She walked over to the other side of the room and they started going again. They didn't switch shoes. They were still tapping away. And she's just got her hands over her ears, you know, covering up, trying to, uh, trying to mitigate the amount of volume that was flowing in there. And it's maybe two seconds into that. I'm whispering to Michelle, this ain't going to work. She's not, she's not going to be a fan of this. This, You know, it, it's going to hurt her ears. That's just going to ruin the whole thing for her. We, and Michelle's kind of watching and a little bit timid because, you know, it's, it's a new place. It's, it's not our studio. And I'm like, okay, fuck it. I'm going to get her. So I went to the dance around to the dance studio, opened the door and the teacher's like, oh, just give her a second. I'm like, mm, send, mm. you know, I'm doing the bring her here with my finger, send, send my kid. And it wasn't because I didn't want her to have to go, you know, fight through it. And and one of the owners was like, look, you know, normally it takes them a few months. I'm like, I'm not Michelle and I both on the way out. We're like, I'm not putting my kid through that for a month. I don't ever want Charlie to feel like she's unsafe or that we can't get to her. We don't, we won't be able to protect her from something. Not that I want to protect her from everything, but I want her to have a, an approach to things 
that that sure might be scary, but not in a scary way that's just completely uncomfortable. Yes, we grow through being uncomfortable, but I think that's a different a different deal when you were between that ages of of zero to seven. That's when most um, most most science kind of talks about saying it in in the, in the philosophy of, of how we help people grow. Uh, I want to say it was the Druids maybe that said this, but give me a child between zero to seven and I will show you the man, meaning that whatever happens within that subconscious mind, because it's completely wide open during that point, you know, as you become an adult, you have a conscious mind that can, that can navigate through what your subconscious is doing. But up until that point, it's a wide open subconscious mind. It's why kids soak up stuff so quickly and they learn languages so fast. So I, I don't ever want her to feel that way. Um, in an unsafe way, I, I want her to always know that if she needs us, we'll be there. And, um, anyway, long story short, I just was like, Nope, come on. So she came, jumped in our arms and, you know, cried it out for a little while. And we talked about it later and she's like, it was really just really loud, but we found a place that we're going to go do some gymnastics, which I'm excited about. Uh, I do want her to do dance. I did a lot of dance growing up as well. I did hip hop for a while, used to rock some cornrows, uh, Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll share a photo of that on the Instagram later. I wanted her to have the freedom of growth in a way that she felt supported in her growth and, and not uh, boxed in from the fear. And at that age, I, I, I don't feel like that would be as, as helpful of something. And maybe I'll have a, a child psychologist come on soon and we can kind of chat some of that out. Um, because like I said, I know that we, we grow through fear and, and most of the time, especially for an adult, your conscious mind might be telling you or your subconscious might be going, Hey, I'm really scared of this, but your, your conscious mind goes, wait, I'm safe. It's okay. I can do this. Let me, let me continue forward. So there are going to be times that we have to push through that fear so that we can find what is on the other side. And a lot of times, and you've heard the saying, everything you want is on the other side of fear. So while I'm not <laughs> I'm not negating the fact that we do have to go through stuff that's hard, but I also don't want to tell myself that it's going to be hard because, because I, I might be overcompensating for something and setting myself up for a larger fence to have to climb over when I'm getting to that thing that scared me versus switching up the excitement, the excitement versus anxiety. Uh, you know, when, when they talk about excitement and they talk about anxiety, they say it's, it's very similar in the body and the way we react to things. So why can't, why can't we take what might be anxiety for something and flip it into the excitement of, and I talk about that for actors a lot because, you know, we go into this room where, where someone's literally there to video and maybe judge us for what we're doing, which, which in, some, in the long run, you know, that's not a great, mind frame for it. You're not, you're not going there to, for someone to judge you. You're, you're going to show them what you do when you have fun with the career and the craft that you've, you've been working on and practicing your life. So I, I don't look at it that way. I look at it as like, oh man, I get to go, I get to go act. I get to go do my thing for someone and let them enjoy it. Um, and, and those, that, that mind frame, that, that mind shift has, has given me much more fun in the audition room. Uh, and, and the idea that that I'm going in because I already, I already know what I'm doing. I'm not going in to prove them anything. I'm not going in there to, to show them I'm the one for it. I'm, I'm just going in to have fun. And I think most actors start this career because they were like, oh, what? I get to play for a living? 
fuck yeah, I want to go play for a living. That sounds awesome. I get to be different people all the time and try different things. Um, coming up through high school, I played almost every sport there was. And I really, really, really enjoyed sports. But as soon as I got the hang of it, I was like, all right, next. So my coaches weren't always the biggest fan. Uh, but with acting, there was never a moment that you have it all under control because you're always starting something new. Every human or character you're starting to take over, you may have to go play in a different world, right? Uh, and especially if you're playing those lead characters of something like you think Top Gun, you're, you're, the, you're the number one pilot in the world. Okay, well, it might be helpful to, to learn as much as you can about being a pilot. Uh, you're going to be going, you're, you work at NASA. It's going to be helpful to understand the terminology you use. You're a doctor. Great. Okay. Understand some of the terminology. What type of doctor are you? What do you do every day? What is your daily life as that human? And that's some of the stuff that's not, that's, that's character building in a way that we are, we are supporting the knowledge that this human would have, right? We're, we're implementing behavioral things that we probably do because of the craft we chose. Uh, there was a movie Kristen Stewart did, and I'm not, I'm not going to Kristen Stewart because she's, because I'm thinking like, oh man, what an amazing actress. That's not a knock either way. You know, I don't really have an opinion on her acting. I, I did used to have an opinion on one of the faces she would always make in anguish, but I'm going to leave that out for now. Uh, but she, she did a movie where she was playing a bass guitar player and her, her posture throughout the movie, which is very slouched over, you know, some people would watch it and be like, oh my God, why is she so slouchy? Well, if you've met many bass players, a lot of times the way they play uh, is kind of hunched over, you know, to reach out to the bass versus a guitar player that's kind of a little more high shouldered. Um, so it became more of a behavioral thing that came out of the space of being not, hey, I think I'll play it like this. That's different. That's that's making character decisions that aren't based on facts or 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 things that afflict that human throughout. Right. Um, anyway, so my point about the relationship is that I always want to give space to the significant other for them to change, evolve and grow. And so that we can change and evolve and grow together. And I think the best way to approach finding the right person for you is making sure you become the person that you would want to be in a relationship. That's it. Work on yourself. The better, the betterment you can do for yourself, the betterment you can do for your future significant other. When you realize some of the things that you consider faults, well, now you've bettered yourself for that human as well. I'm going to leave it there for today. I hope you enjoyed it and uh, I will see you on the next one. My overall goal is to help people find tools and processes that can increase your health and wellness all while building the life you desire. 
You all know how important ingredients are to me, and that's why I want to share Organifi with you. I use a lot of their tools, and here's why. All of their products are USDA organic, certified gluten-free, glyphosate residue-free, non-GMO verified, and supported by Vitamin Angels. Everything is sourced from ethical farms and delivered in sustainable packaging. You can go to OrganifiShop.com and use code WEST20 for a whopping 20% off. 